turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to continue picking up. Last week uh, we were in Ephesians and then Sunday we picked up where we left off. And then today we're going to pick up where we left off on Sunday. So uh, we learned on Sunday chapter 3 verse 1 through 13. uh, We talked about the mystery of Christ, right? The gospel. The Gentiles, the Jews would become one. And they also would be reconciled to the Lord uh, which they were, they would be the church, and we saw several things about that mystery um, and of Christ. And one thing that stood out was that Paul was not puffed up because of it. He wasn't prideful because of it. Um, in fact, it, it humbled him to a point where he made the de- declaration in, in uh, verse eight. Look at verse eight. It says, "To me," Paul says who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given to me that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So very, very interesting. We could do a lot of recap because there was a lot uh, that we went over on Sunday. But let's just jump into our text and then uh, let's see what we're, we're in for here. Look at verse 14 and we'll make our way all the way down to verse 21. It says in verse 20 uh, or 14, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, gift you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the width, the length, and depth, and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, uh, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Jesus, by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I think we all can say amen to that. Uh, so Paul's giving us a prayer here in verses 14 to 21. And there's two prayers in Ephesians. The first one uh, was in chapter 1, verses 15. Uh, all the way to verse 23, that one was a prayer of enlightenment. And and here in verses 14 to 21, this is a prayer of empowerment. And the first prayer was that they would be enlightened to the blessings that they already had. If you guys remember in chapter 1, verse 3, uh, Paul said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places so they they already had all of it and so this would pop their eyes open like whoa we already have access to the 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 storehouse basically the the treasuries if you will of of God's uh, blessings and so this second prayer changes from realizing what they already had or have um, to now basically use what you have is basically what what this prayer is about and so speaking of empowerment so it's one thing to realize the power that you got power and it's another thing to realize how to use that power right and so the 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 truth is we all need God's power in our lives and and I think that's obtained through prayer now 
I'm not sure about you guys, but, uh, and obviously you guys understand, right? This, this power that we're talking about, it doesn't come through performance, it doesn't come through good works, it doesn't come through uh, some kind of, you know, studying and getting degrees or anything like that. Um, but it's based on solely, really, the Holy Spirit, right? It's only on the Holy Spirit this power comes. And so, I'm not sure about you guys, but I need this empowerment uh, from the Lord every single day of my life, right? And uh, this power, this empowerment, really enables us to become bold uh, to what we were talking about on Sunday, to, to share the gospel with our coworkers, with our family, with those that we love. Uh, and we all have trials, we all have circumstances that, that we're going through in life. And, and cheer up if you guys are not going through anything. Don't worry, you will. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Uh, but uh, you'll, those trials are going to come and hit you, and, and it's a blessing because, by the way, it's a promise from the Lord. I even wrote it down. John sixteen thirty three. it says, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me... You may have, and by the way, this is a promise from God, okay? So this is, if you're the type of that says, oh, I'm holding to the promises of God, and I just, I won't let them go. Well, here's one of those promises you better hold on to then, because that you will have tribulation. Yeah! <laughs> you're crazy like me. But, but, but be of good cheer, Jesus says, I have overcome the world, right? It's, it's not fun. I agree with you guys. It's not fun going through all of that. But it is a promise. And his promise is, he has overcome the world already. His promise is, he's with us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. And, and he's already overcome. And so we're on the winning side, basically, right? You're going to go through it. But don't worry, you already won. And so he's making us overcomers, not because of our own strength, right? Not because of our own performance, but he's making us. He's the one doing the work in us. And so with that, there's five things that are outlined in in, in this prayer from Paul in verses 14 to 21. Uh, The first thing that I see is the point of Paul's prayer. Notice in verse 14 in the beginning, it says, for this reason. For this reason. What reason? This reason is for the enablement, for the empowerment uh, in the life of every believer. And so he just got done talking about that stewardship that had been given to him. You guys remember Paul said, hey, this stewardship has been given to me. And uh, what was it? That the Jews and the Gentiles can become one, that they being one would be reconciled to the Lord. Uh, and, And for this reason... Paul begins this prayer, right? So, in other words, everything that he's been talking about. And so notice Paul's prayer was specific. So he says, for this reason. And there's nothing wrong with praying in general and about everything, right, and anything. Uh, but we should also pray specifically to the Lord as well. Uh, not to inform God, obviously, of anything that, you know, Lord, just in case you didn't know, <laughs> she said this to me, and he said that, and he did this, and, you know, God, duh, right? God knows already the, the things that are going on. He knows all things, right? And so when we pray specifically, it helps us, really, it helps us to give over our situation or our circumstance, whatever we're going through, uh, to the Lord. And really, it helps us from holding on to those things, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. When you hold on to your situation, what happens? Well, there's an area of temptation that we fall into, 
You guys remember in Matthew, or um, Jesus says, don't worry, right? Did you guys know worrying is a sin? So when you're holding on to a situation, the temptation is to begin to worry about the, the situation that you're in, right? When times get tough, it, it's easy to fall into that category, but it's up to you to push that button, right? Ah, I'm worrying, right? Now you're in sin. What, what, why is that so wrong? Well, because you're not, you're not walking by faith anymore. You're not trusting in the Lord anymore. When you worry, you're, you're desiring to handle it yourself, And you know you weren't built to to handle that. God was, right? And so when we're carrying that big heavy burden, we need the Lord to handle it. We need him to take over. And and so for this reason, so he's praying specifically. And I think we need to be careful, by the way, when we pray, just a little side note, of, of trying to get God to think the way really coming around our way of thinking, right? We, we try to put God in a box and, and we say, Lord, you know, uh, Lord, if, if we would do all, all things, you know, my way, I mean, this would work out for the best, amen, church, right? It would be great if it was just my way. But if, no, <laughs> if that was the case, guess what? All of us would be dead, right? If we all decided our own decisions and God actually did it, no way. We no way. So it's not to get our will done, and we know this. Prayer is simply getting our will aligned with God's will, right? And so, uh, it, just like Jesus said in Luke chapter twenty-two, verse forty-two, He says, "Father, if it be Your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will." but yours be done, right? Jesus said in John 6, 38, he says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So prayer is always about getting God's will done. And and that's why I think it's important that we pray uh, specifically, not only generally, but specifically in our prayer life with the Lord. Uh, When life is closed in all around us and everything seems to be going bad, uh, or when things are going good in our lives, right? When everything's falling into place, uh, I think it's always a good thing for ourselves to and for others that we pray prayer is always the best thing to do and when you're done praying pray again right (laughs) come back to the lord keep talking to the lord let it be be a daily habit let it be something you're just constantly right somebody cuts you off immediately talk to the lord right or or you see a shooting star oh lord did you see that oh of course he saw it but talk to the lord about everything and anything let him be in your speech let the lord just be be in prayer all day long right so secondly um and i and i know you guys are very uh you guys know the word really well, so I'm not going to go around in circles with prayer on that area. But note, secondly, the position of Paul's prayer. In verse 14, he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's position of prayer, what was it? It was on his knees, obviously, right? And it was a position of humility. It was a position of submission. It was a position of, uh, well, Showing reverence before the Lord, right? Um, he didn't walk up before the Lord and, hey, Lord, and demand anything before God. But he simply submitted himself in a position of humility before the Lord. And yes, I understand uh, Hebrews chapter 4, that we can enter into the throne room of God's grace 
right? And, and he will help us in, in our time of need, right? But, but we're entering in and we're, we're asking for his mercy that he might give it to us. And so uh, the place where we find God, God's grace and mercy, but how do we come boldly before the throne room of grace? Well, I think it's on our knees. I think it's in a position of submission. I think it's in a position of humility that we got to come before the Lord um, in, in prayer. I will add this too, by, by the way, nowhere in scripture do I see the Bible demanding or commanding us to pray in any physical standpoint, right? Um, now, worship, I do know it says, you know, lift up your hands uh, when you sing to the Lord. I, I, I know that, uh, but in prayer, it doesn't say it, right? I, we, you could sit down, you could stand up, you can, but I think personally, I think the best place for me personally is on my knees. I think Man, when I'm on my knees, and I, I, I do this whole thing. I do this. I don't know about you guys. How do, some of you guys might pray like this or this, or I don't know how you pray. I do this. Just my hands are together. Maybe I'll turn off my phone so that no one's calling when I, I'm going to pray. And, uh, and, and then I just I put my elbows maybe on the bed, and I'm, now I'm, right? I'm all, my, my mind's all on the Lord, because I'm in that position. And I, I would recommend that position to you. If you don't pray on your knees, uh, pray on your knees. It's a great great place to be. Uh, but, but understand this. It's not the position of our body. It's really the position of our hearts. And you guys know this, right? First Samuel uh, chapter 16, verse 7 says, The Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. But what does the Lord look at? He looks at the heart, right? And so... It's the matter of the heart. So don't get caught up uh, being in certain positions thinking somehow, you know, if you had your hands like this, right? And, and your head exactly like this. <laughs> and your knees exactly on the floor, right? And, and, and then God, you know, the boosh, the power really comes on, right? Some people are weird. But anyways, uh, ask yourself rather, what is the motive for your prayer, right? Why, why are you praying? For example, you know, okay, um, uh, Lord, okay, I'm, I'm driving this white truck, right? My, my white Ford F-150, it's a work truck. I'm from Arizona, right? So I didn't need a four-wheel drive. But Lord, I need this Ford Raptor. It's a 2020. I mean, Lord, you know that I could get to the hospital and visit people a lot faster than I could in that Raptor, right? Lord, you know that I can help people move from their house. If only I had that Ford Raptor. Oh, and it has to be black, by the way, right? So some people just, woo! Um, it, be careful. Why are you praying? What's the motive of your heart? Is it for benefiting uno selfo, right? Or is it to benefit the Lord, right? We just got done talking about that, right? Um, when we pray, we pray in our own will, right? Good job, guys. I was trying to trick you on that. You guys are good. We pray in whose will? God's will, right? Oh, man, you guys, why don't you guys come up here? This is, <laughs> you guys got this. But what, what is our motive of our heart? It's not, it's not for praying for things um, necessarily for our own benefit. And I do understand James talks about ask and, and, and you'll, you know, you don't, you don't receive because you don't ask, right? Jesus said, uh, ask and seek and knock. In other words, uh, repetitively, continual. It's a continual action that we're coming before the Lord. But I guess the question is, why are we asking it, right? And, and what is our motive? What is the real point 
of the position that we're, we're having before the Lord in prayer. And so let's come to the third thing here, the person of Paul's prayer. Let's look at the person of Paul's prayer in verses 14 to 15. Uh, it says in verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family speaks of the body of believers in heaven, those that have died and gone to heaven, and earth is named. So those who are alive here on earth. And so who did Paul pray to? He prayed to God, right? And, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this was the same model, if you will, that Jesus gave his disciples. And they say, Lord, teach us to pray. And, and so Jesus gave the disciples uh, a model prayer, if you will. I would say the, uh, the, our Lord's prayer is really in what John 17, when he was praying and it was recorded, uh, him in the garden there before the Lord. But in Matthew, uh, Matthew 6, um, he says in verse 9, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And you guys know this, right? And it go, goes on from there. So there's that model prayer, if you will. But, but notice he's praying, Our Father, right? Praying to the Father. And you don't, by the way, you don't need to pray in the King James Version, right? Some of you guys probably talk normal. Right, but but when you read it's King James, but some people they pray all of a sudden. You're like, yeah, let's pray. You go ahead and pray, and they're like, okay, thou if thou Lord if I, and it's a whoa, who are you? Right, all of a sudden the person just changed, and it's like so. So be yourself when you pray. You don't need to be another person, right? Be yourself. If you talk that way every day, by all means, make sure you talk that way to the Lord. But. Um, I don't think you're going to go to the Walmart or anything, right? And start talking that way. So why talk to the Lord that way? Anyways, um, so prayer is generally directed to the Father, right? To the Lord. And we have the Holy Spirit to help us when we're praying as well. Sometimes we don't have the words to say. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps you with those words to speak to the Lord, which is great. Um, let's come to the fourth thing here. Is the petition of Paul's prayer in verses 16 and 19. Uh, we saw who Paul prays to, and now let's look at what Paul prays for here in verses 16 to 19, and we're going to see five things. Uh, Paul prayed for, number one, strength. Notice in verse 16, uh, he prayed for strength. It says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened, and there it is, there's the answer, with might. Might, by the way, in the Greek, is the same word for um, power, that, that dynamite power, right? Power. And, and so Paul's first thing he prays for is that you and I would be strengthened with might. And, and let's face it, we have a lot of problems and a lot of things that we're going through, and I'm not sure about you guys, uh, but I need uh, God's strength in my life, right? Because I am, I'm weak and I'm in need. I'm in, I, I need his help. And, and people come against us, and what happens when that happens? We, we get heavy, right? And we get weak and we, we, it just, it's, we feel beat down. It feels like we're carrying a load of uh, a burden, if you will. And so we need to be strengthened by the Lord, right? And, and, and it's got to be from the Lord. It can't be from ourselves and our own strength. Uh, but there's two things about this might that I've noticed. And, and number one, notice carefully how 
we are strengthened. Notice in verse 16, it's through his spirit, right? How are we strengthened with might? Through the spirit of God. That's how we're strengthened. It's not based on our performance. It's not based on how many times you come to church. It's not based on how many times you've offered your prayers to the Lord. Uh, It's based solely on the work of the Holy Spirit. And so you and I don't deserve this strengthening, by the way. Uh, When you realize uh, your own depravity, my own depravity, Romans chapter 7, verse 18, it says, For I know that in me that is in my flesh nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. So I now realize I need help. I need to be strengthened. Why? Because I can't, right? And, and when I say I can't, is that prideful? No, that's that's humility speaking right there. Lord, I can't. And that's what brought you to the Lord, wasn't it? You realized his goodness. You realized his love. You realized his purpose and his plan for you in this world. And what, what did you do? It humbled your heart and you received him openly, right? You, you desired all that he had for you, but also you wanted partnership with him, Right, You wanted to be one with what his plan was. You wanted to be used by him as well. And so we came to the Lord with that humility in, in mind. So it wasn't, how are we strengthened? Right? How are we, uh, it's, we understand it's not our might, but it's not our own knowledge. We're, 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 we got to turn to the power and the person and the presence, really of the Holy Spirit uh, and his work and what he's doing here in this world and in, in the church. And so you and I need the Holy Spirit not only to draw us to God, obviously to save us and to seal us, and we've been talking about that in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it again in chapter 4, verse 30. But we need the Holy Spirit. He's in us, right? He seals us. He saves us. And knowing it's, it's not my performance, but it's, it's the Holy Spirit in us who will empower you and I to perform what is good because we can't, right? And, and that power is all the responsibility of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I, I, it's not your responsibility. I don't know about you, but that makes me go, woo! I'm free, right? I don't have to, that burden's off of me. I don't have to bring my perfection. In, in fact, we bring our imperfection so that we could be used by his perfection in us, in a sense. And, and he does. Now he does his work as we bring our not so good work <laughs> before the throne, right? We, we confessed our sins uh, that we're, we're, Lord, I'm insufficient. We understand that you are sufficient and I need your grace. I need your empowerment uh, to strengthen my, my inward man, if you will. And that's the, the answer to the next one, right? Uh, secondly, notice where we're strengthened. Where is that strength coming from? Where does it belong? Where does it go? It's in the inner man, verse 16. So you and I are strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit. And now my prayer is that I am strengthened, what? Externally, right? If you're like me, Lord, I just want to be, I want to be buff, Lord, like this. Notice my voice changes when I lift up my hands. Because if it would sound really weird if I did that. <laughs> but, but I want to be buff, Lord. But that's the flesh, right? We want power and we want it in different ways. We want to be strengthened in different ways. But where do we, as Christians, where does that strength need to be? 
in the inner man, right? That's where it should be, and that's where it belongs. Otherwise, because these turn into jello, right? I don't know what happened. Um, but it, it, it changes, our physical changes, but not our inward. But um, So the inward man needs to be renewed day by day by day by day by day, right? It continues. So you and I need to be strengthened uh, on the inside because really that's where... That's where it matters eternally, right? It's, it's not the outward flesh. That's going to die. That's going to rot. That's going to turn into dirt. Uh, but what matters internally is what's going to last eternally. That, well, that was, I should write that down. Um, but the Holy Spirit, he strengthens us, right, uh, to get through life and, and our life every day that we need. So we all need this strengthening. And we'll see more of this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, by the way. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's almost like Paul's reminding us, in case you forgot, right? I'm going to remind you again, it's in his might, right? Colossians chapter 1, Paul encouraged the church of Colossae as well. Verse 11, he said, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience, long-suffering, with joy. And he goes on. But the question uh, you you totally trust and rely on really the the person of the Holy Spirit to seal you and uh, for salvation basically for the day of salvation right but uh, why not trust in the Holy Spirit to strengthen you internally with all power, with all might to get you through these short years, right, of our lives that we're living? Uh, I don't know about you, but to me, it just sounds like we're out of here. <laughs> whether whether the rapture happens or not, if you look at, you know, all the stuff happening, it's like, oh, man, Lord, uh, today I want to live for you. Lord, use me today, right? I don't know about my plans in five years or in ten years. That's all. The Lord, ha- he holds tomorrow in ha- his hands, amen? And I'm glad he does. Otherwise, I'd be all stressed out. Um, anyways, um, oftentimes we, we walk by sight, right? And we don't walk by faith. But we know Paul says we shouldn't look at the things that are seen because why? They're temporary. They're, they're temporal. And rather look at the things that are not seen. Why? Because they're eternal. So in other words, we're to walk by faith and not by sight, right? And that's, that's the heart of the believer. So uh, secondly... Uh, it involves the indwelling of Christ in verse 17. This is the second petition of Paul here uh, in his prayer before the Lord. He says that Christ, in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your good works. Is that what it says? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through your ability, through your effort, right? Uh, is that what he's saying? No, he's saying by faith. <laughs> what a great position that is. Lord, dwell in me. Did you guys catch that position? Lord, dwell in me. I, I can't see it. I can't trust my feelings. I simply have to believe it by faith. That's what faith is, right? We put our confidence in the Lord. We put our trust in the Lord, though we don't see it. And I think the point that Paul is making here regarding the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in, in this petition is incredibly powerful. And don't miss it, by the way. He says this word dwell. And the, the word dwell carries the idea of settling in, right? To be at home with. And the question and the point is this. Is Jesus Christ, is he at 
at home with you in your heart, right? Is he settled down in you and I? In other words, is he comfortable with us? Is he comfortable with everything that you're watching, with everything that you're allowing to come in through your ears, with everything, the places that you're going? Is, is, is Christ comfortable uh, and dwelling within your heart? Our problem is we think we need to, you know, clean up our act to come before the Lord, but in the reality, we need him to clean up our act, right? We need him to come in and clean up house because we can't clean it up. That's why, well, that's why we're here. Right? We're, we're broken and needy people. We need the Lord. Uh, we can't do it ourselves. This life that God chose to have us live, he gave us a command to be perfect as he is. And the only way we can do that is through grace, the moment you choose to be prideful is the moment you start to lose out on a lot of things. But to continually access uh, these gifts, if you will, these uh, that that treasury uh, of that all that comes with God's grace is through humility. That's how we came in. That's how we stay. That's how we always live. Right? It's in a state of humility. Uh, you'll never get past that state, right? Because we're not God. We don't deserve his glory, any glory. It all belongs to the Lord. So um, let's get back to our, our text here. Um, and, and by the way, understand, it doesn't mean that we're perfect, right? We all fall short of God's glory. We're not perfect. We know that. So when we cry out to the Lord, Lord, dwell within me. Lord, clean me. Lord, change me. Um, you that the Lord might feel comfortable in our hearts, right? I think that's a good prayer. I think it's a good thing to to allow the Lord in your life, personally and practically in every area. But let's come to the third petition here, and it involves love. Uh, in verse 17, love. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Wow, to be rooted and grounded in love. I love this. Rooted, agricultural term right here, right? Uh, carries the idea of the roots growing deep down into the soil to where the water source is, right? All those roots just grab a hold of that and then they grow stronger and stronger. Uh, reminds me of Psalm 1, right? That, that, that the trees planted by the, the rivers of water, right? They're just, they get their nourishment. And that word grounded is the architectural term. Um, it speaks of a foundation uh, of a building. So something solid, something unshakable, something firm, right? And, and so uh, Paul is simply saying that you and I need to pray for God's love that is not a shallow love, right? Pray uh, for this love that is rooted and that is grounded in Christ, right? This uh, and God is love. And this word love, by the way, is agape. That's the selfless, spiritual, sacrificial type of love uh, that only comes through God's grace, right? And, and really because of our relationship with the Lord. Um, and so, wow, what a gift that is. But let's come to the fourth petition here, and it's to know love. To know love in verses 18 and 19. Uh, it says in verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and depth, and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Now, whew, try studying this one, guys. <laughs> this, this, is a, this was an intense one. But one, one petition you and I should pray for is not only to 
be enabled to love, but to know love, right? To know, uh, to know Christ's love, which passes knowledge. So I don't understand this either, uh, how I can uh, know something that can't be known, right? Does that make sense? No, not really. But when you continue to dive deeper into this, then you begin to understand that, in, like in verse 19, it says the word know in the Greek, gnosko, right? The word know, gnosko, carries the idea of knowing by experience, uh, perceiving uh, by intellect, in other words. Uh, the second Greek word here is knowledge, gnosis, right? So uh, gnosis carries the idea of being fully understanding, com- a complete comprehension, basically. And so you see, we know, we can gnosko uh, of Jesus's love. Why? Because of the cross, for us, right? We now we can understand, uh, it, and now we can experience it. Now we've entered in when we became born again to know this love. We entered into that personal, uh, personal knowledge of of who the Lord is, and so. I don't know, try, try, try uh, to explain God's love. We, we can't fully comprehend it. We will never, ever fully know God's love. Isn't, isn't that amazing? We, it just, we'll, we, what we know of God's love is enough, and it's like, and we'll continue to know more of God's love, but we'll never fully get to the top of God's love. There will never be a, a, an amount of love right? It's, it's like, it's an ocean that you're swimming in. There's so much and you'll never get to the top of it. Uh, but uh, I'll never fully comprehend Jesus's love because it's unknowable. It's unsearchable. And it's like his grace in Ephesians 2 verse 7. We'll be learning of his grace for all of eternity. In fact, it's like his riches in verse chapter 3 verse 8 that, that Paul just talked about. They're unsearchable. They're unfathomable. I can't understand them, right? And so Paul talks about knowing the love of Christ is really speaking about uh experience right I can't fully comprehend it I I can apprehend it right because the, the, the word teaches it but and, and that's why I believe it so I'll leave that at that there's so much to say on that and you guys are probably going crazy like oh there's so much there but uh, for the sake of time we'll go on here let's come to the fifth petition and that involves the fullness of God the fullness of God in verse 19 it says that you in the middle here that you may know or I'm sorry, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so, you know, Lord, fill me up with your fullness. Isn't that great? The fullness of Christ. Every moment and every day I need this fullness from the Lord. And there's two things about this fullness of God. Number one, it's not in your notes, but you can write it down, but positionally, uh, positionally, notice this about the fullness of God. Uh, Yeah, you and I have already received the fullness of God. Are you sure? Yes, I am. In fact, in John 1.16, it says, right there, uh, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace and for grace, but of his fullness we've already received, right? So positionally speaking, you and I have been filled with the fullness of God. It doesn't matter if you don't feel like it or act like it, just... Because I don't understand it, right? Uh, but nonetheless, if you're born again, if you're a believer, you've already received the fullness of God. You, you see, when God, uh, oh, there's so much here. 
um, when God looks at us, he sees the fullness of Christ indwelling within you and I, right? In other words, he sees us perfect. So when you see me, you're like, oh, Josh, right? But when he sees me, he says, ah, oh, Josh, right? And it's like, what, who, me? <laughs> yeah, right? Wow, it's, it's so, that's our position of like, whoa, Lord, you know, it, that's a big difference. So but, but not only positionally are we in the fullness of God, but also practically, right? So we're, we're lacking big time in this area, practically. Practically, you and I are inhibit, inhabiting this tent right here, right? This body of ours. And this is a fallen nature. And so we're falling apart fast. And, and uh, you and I, we mess up faithfully, repetitively all the time. Uh, you name it, right? Continually. And so our prayer needs to be, Lord, fill me with your fullness, you know, fill me with more of you every single moment of every day of our lives. We need this fullness for what? To be victorious. And so how can Paul say, you know, we're more than conquerors, that we're, we're more than just, we're victorious, right? How can he say it? It's because of the fullness of Christ that's dwelling in him, dwelling in you and I. And so that's a blessing. Uh, the, the fifth thing here is, uh, let's come to the fifth, last thing here. The power of Paul's prayer in verse 20. There's two things about the, the power of Paul's prayer here. Uh, number one, it involves the working, the workings of God. The workings of God in verse 20. Uh, it says, now to him who is able. I love that. I just, I can't get over that part alone. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So I'm not sure about you guys, but I can ask and think a bunch, right? But Paul is saying that God not only wants to do exceedingly all, did you guys catch that? But not not only exceedingly, but exceedingly abundantly uh, above all, but exceedingly uh, abundantly above all that you can think or imagine isn't this that's powerful our, our problem is when we think or imagine anything what, what are we thinking and imagining anything of ourselves right our selfishness comes out I don't know about you guys but what if, you know Lord if I had a million bucks Lord I mean I would do this and it sounds good but what happens if you actually get a million bucks well this is I'm going to get for myself and this for myself 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 and I but you guys probably don't understand what I'm talking what what happens when you play Monopoly right and you start to win it just changes your character and your nature and you're like ah, right? get pay up come on nope you're you I win the game then right it just it see I'm telling you money could change people but anyways so when we pray that's the thing is is it kind of it's it, we it's easy to tempting to become selfish in our prayers and so we we got to be very very careful um but we think it all, all that the things that we could do for God right uh, but God says I want to do even more than that right he he wants to do exceedingly above abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine I think oftentimes we limit God right and we say Lord you know we see the dollar but he sees the heart you guys remember we got to bring it all back to the heart right it's about the heart the motive of the heart and when we come to the Lord in a position of humility and in, in, in submission in uh and, and, and that's when you see him do exceedingly above, uh, abundantly above all that we ask or what we think. And so when you're willing to give it all up and not limit the Lord, right? He, he wants to bless us more 
then we want to be blessed. I don't know about you, but I, this is just, it amazes me about that. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, here's a, God's phone number, right? You guys want to know God's phone number? Call Jeremiah 33, verse 3, and this is what it says. Call to me, right? There you go. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Just call to me. I'll, I'll just, I'll, your mind will just be, right? I'll do above and beyond. And, and notice in verse 20, let's go back to Ephesians here. All of this is according to the power that works in us, right? And so all that God wants to do is according to the power working in us. And the question is not what is working in us, but rather who is working in us, right? So who is that? It's the power of the Holy Spirit who is working in you and I as the believers, right, as the church. Uh, we know Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And so it's not only the work of the spirit, but a work of Christ as well. Uh, Colossians 1.27, it says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the Holy Spirit is aiding us, but also Christ himself. But, but the three are one. Um, this study is crazy, guys. There's so much to talk about in this, but uh, we're, we're talking about God, right? And it's also a work of God. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For it, it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So who are we talking about here? The Holy Spirit? Are we talking about Jesus or are we talking about God? Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's exactly who we're talking about. Um, so secondly, uh, it involves the glory of God. Notice in verse 21, it says, To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So you see, glory always goes to God, but it's through Jesus Christ, right? And not by our own good works, it's not by our own efforts, but by Jesus Christ and him in us, right? So it speaks of his finished work on the cross, and that's how we entered in, and that's uh, a great place to be, but it says forever and ever, and this is speaking of you and I from an eternal standpoint, right? You and I will be we're not going to end. Our bodies are going to end, but you and I are not going to end. And, and, but our spirit will live continually uh, forever and ever and ever and ever with the Lord, right? If we're believers in Christ. So um, the point is when the power of the presence, of the, really the, the, the person of the Holy Spirit is indwelling within you, empowering you, strengthening you and I, uh, and working in us what is good, what happens is we realize it's Christ in us. It's not you and I, right? It's not our works, uh, lest we boast, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And so all glory needs to go to the Lord. Since I can't take any credit for it, we can't take any glory uh, for it as well either. So when we think that somehow something good came as a result of us, uh, our efforts, our good you know, deeds or whatever it might be, you guys get the point with all the, the more syndrome, right? The more I do, the more I become, or the more look at me. Um, how, how do you really want people to think it's, it's, it's all about you or is it all about Jesus, right? So um, we want to direct everybody to Jesus. That's what John the Baptist did as well. We don't want people to think it's of us. We want them to know it's from him, right? It's, it's his work in us. And so we don't steal the glory. 
Um, James chapter 1 verse 17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning so if guys if anything good happens it's in spite of us amen not because of us and so this is a a, a bonus it's not a burden uh, and his load is a light, right? Matthew eleven twenty eight. Uh, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. We 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 give glory to God as God declares in Isaiah forty two, uh, verse eight. It says, "I am the Lord. That is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images." So now we can walk in victory because, well, God is faithful to answer our prayers. But he's faithful because that's his name. It's in spite of us, right? He's faithful and he'll do good because he is good. He'll love because he is love. Isn't that cool? You could just go down the whole list too. It's amazing the, the work of God in us. But um, amen, church? There's so much to say and I said enough. So let's go ahead and stand. And uh, speaking of prayer, let's let's come before the Lord. And, and in that position, uh, of submission before the Lord, with the willingness, right, to be used by the Lord. Um, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we can't thank you enough for all the work that you've done in, in and through our lives, uh, whether we know it or like it or not, Lord. Um, you're so good, and you're, you continue to remain faithful in our lives, and we want to come before your throne, Lord, and just say thank you. Uh, and, and just reading through these verses here, these short verses in the short time tonight, uh, but just to realize, Lord, uh, it's by your spirit, this position that you've given us, Lord, to be alive in this world, uh, it's not of our own, Lord. This, uh, If you make anything of us, I pray, Lord, that we would continue to give you glory, that we would never uh, receive and stop and, and, and take in uh, what doesn't belong to us, Lord. May we continue to worship you, uh, to be who you created us to be. I pray for those that are here, Lord, who are struggling, who are weak, and Lord, they need to be strengthened in the situation that they're in right now. We, we pray for their for grace, Lord, to be shown on them. Uh, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be upon them, Lord, that you would grant them uh, just that access uh, before your throne that they can share your, the, their hearts with you, Lord. And the Lord, that you would just bless your church, that you would work in and through us, Lord, and, and that, uh, that you would be blessed. But uh, we love you, Father, and, and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's forever and ever. And this is speaking of you and I from an eternal standpoint, right? You and I will be, we're not going to end. Our bodies are going to end, but you and I are not going to end. And, and, but our spirit will live continually uh, forever and ever and ever and ever with the Lord, right? If we're believers in Christ. So um, the point is when the power of the presence, of the, really the, the, the person of the Holy Spirit is indwelling within you, empowering you, strengthening you and I, uh, and working in us what is good, what happens is we realize it's Christ in us. It's not you and I, right? It's not our works. 
uh, lest we boast, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And so all glory needs to go to the Lord. Since I can't take any credit for it, we can't take any glory uh, for it as well either. So when we think that somehow something good came as a result of us, uh, our efforts, our good you know, deeds or whatever it might be, you guys get the point with all of the more syndrome, right? The more I do, the more I become, or the more look at me. Um, how, how do you really want people to think it's, it's, it's all about you or is it all about Jesus, right? So um, we want to direct everybody to Jesus. That's what John the Baptist did as well. We don't want people to think it's of us. We want them to know it's from him, right? It's, it's his work in us. And so we don't steal the glory. Um, James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So if, guys, if anything good happens, it's in spite of us. Amen? Not because of us. And so this is a, a, a bonus. It's not a burden. Uh, and his load is a light, right? In Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Uh, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. We, we, we give glory to God as God declares in Isaiah 42, uh, verse 8. It says, I am the Lord. That is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. So now we can walk in victory because, well, God is faithful to answer our prayers, but he's faithful because that's his name. It's in spite of us, right? He's faithful, and he'll do good because he is good. He'll love because he is love. Isn't that cool? You could just go down the whole list too. It's amazing the, the work of God in us. But um, amen church. There's so much to say and I said enough. So let's go ahead and stand. And uh, speaking of prayer. Let's, let's come before the Lord. And in, in that position uh, of submission before the Lord. With the willingness right to be used by the Lord. Um, let's go ahead and pray. Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we can't thank you enough for all the work that you've done in, in and through our lives, uh, whether we know it or like it or not, Lord. Um, you're so good, and you're, you continue to remain faithful in our lives, and we want to come before your throne, Lord, and just say thank you. Uh, and, and just reading through these verses here, these short verses in the short time tonight, uh, but just to realize, Lord, uh, it's by your spirit, this position that you've given us, Lord, to be alive in this world. Uh, it's not of our own, Lord. This, uh, If you make anything of us, I pray, Lord, that we would continue to give you glory, that we would never uh, receive and stop and, and, and take in uh, what doesn't belong to us, Lord. May we continue to worship you, uh, to be who you created us to be. I pray for those that are here, Lord, who are struggling, who are weak, and Lord, they need to be strengthened in the situation that they're in right now. We, we pray for their for grace, Lord, to be shown on them. Uh, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be upon them, Lord, that you would grant them uh, just that access uh, before your throne, that they can share your, the, their hearts with you, Lord, and the Lord, that you would just... Bless your church, that you would work in and through us, Lord, and, and that, uh, that you would be blessed. But uh, we love you, Father, and, and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.